Hello, and welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa. Say hi. Hello. And uh, a little bit about us. Uh, this may be our first episode. We've recorded many, but we haven't really gotten brave enough to drop one yet, so we'll see. Um, Melissa and I have been friends for 35 years. Uh, we're both 50-somethings, and um, I have lived all over. Illinois, California, New York, Massachusetts, Colorado, and currently I'm splitting my time again between Massachusetts and California. I've got three kids, a boy, two girls, 30, 27, and 21, and I decided after having a career to be a stay-at-home mom when I had my kids, my mom wasn't really around despite the fact that she was a stay-at-home mom, um, and so I uh, wanted to be there for my kids and made that choice. Uh, Melissa had a career and so it was great to have her as uh, a sounding board because she came with a different perspective. She's also from a large family and I'm one of two kids. So while she was being a big career woman, I was a bus driver, a nurse, a short order cook, a housekeeper, a trash collector, pretty much jack of all trades. And um, now I'm a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa and I uh, talk all the time and COVID hit and we were talking even more and we were like, hey, why not? Because we were always listening to them and talking about them and then talking, talking, talking. So let's let's do something with this. And um, see, I think that's pretty much about me except, oh, little sidebar. I've got two dogs, Noki and Noodles. They are um, little Havanese cuties. And... Um, that's oh, and I do have a husband too. <laughs> Got a husband, yeah, Scott. <laughs> Forgot about that. Sorry, Scott. And that's so, not really important to our podcast, Susan. So, but yeah, okay. I guess you could throw that in there. Yeah, just in case. Um, so, and I'll turn it over to Melissa. Yes, thank you, Susan. That was a great intro. I like that um, we didn't talk about how I don't have a job now, and that's why part of the reason we're doing it'll come up in my little intro that I have here. So, again, I'm Melissa. And uh, I was born and raised here in the suburbs of Chicago, took a detour out west, hit um, college, then got a job. And that's where I met Susan when I was out in L.A., young and naive. But we hit it off. And clearly, um, we've been friends forever because I moved back to Chicago at some point and raised my two boys, who are now 25 and 20. And pretty much Susan was there with me for all of it all of the trials and tribulations of raising children and all the other fun that goes with it. Uh, I am the oldest of five girls. So I have that perspective that um, I bring a lot and a lot of complaining and a lot of stories that I'm so sure <laughs> enjoys hearing about regularly. And I married a guy who had five brothers and a sister. So a completely different type of experience. So you can imagine what the boy scene was like at this house when I was completely pulling my hair out thinking, what the hell is this? And he was like, yeah, that's boys. So Susan really put a lot of perspective and um, helped me with that because because I had both flavors. Yeah, you had both flavors. <laughs> exactly. Um, and currently here in Chicagoland, I live close to my sisters. My parents are still around, which is a great blessing. So um, that is wonderful. It is also presents the challenges that, again, Susan helps me through on a regular basis. So that's because um, I'm an orphan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked in finance for 17 years, really by a collision of circumstances since I have no financial background or training, but I also do some meeting planning and Susan has helped me with that. So we've had uh, a chance to get to have fun together while she's also helped me as the kids have gotten older and we've had more free time. And so as that has all kind of transpired, we've had um, lots of time to talk about all kinds of things, fashion and just our life and things that we like to do. And 2020 then came and, you know, I'm sure it affected a lot of people, but it came in a bang with me because I suddenly was joining the ranks of the unemployed. And welcome. My hands, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Come join me. Come join me. Right. Um, Susan and I talked almost every day during this time just to help me cope. Um, 
And we just decided along the way that after all these years of counsel and friendship, it was time to do a podcast and record all of our insightful and thoughtful and hilarious, but also our soul satisfying conversations, right? Yes. Think Everyone's that. dying to know. I do need to throw something in there. When we do these meetings, they're in Vegas and Melissa and I typically drink a lot of dirty martinis at night after the events. Yes. So that's sort of where the whole you had me at martini came in because, you know, I used to drink Cosmos and then I went to dirty martini. So I didn't want to put dirty in there because I don't know which direction I'm going in next. Nor, nor she might introduce me to something different. Who knows? But martinis definitely have been a big part of our friendship. So <laughs> had to include that. Yes. There you go. Excellent. So today's episode came about... Uh, <laughs> I yeah. want to say naturally, that's not right. Um, we were going to talk about something entirely different, which doesn't really matter because last night the Capitol was stormed and Melissa and I sat glued to the TV and texting and calling and just felt like this was a conversation we needed to have just because it's a conversation everyone's having and it's right. something that can't be ignored. And it was so impactful in so many ways that I think that we were just so stressed and anxious about what we were saying that we thought it would be a good way to talk it out. Yeah. And see what kind of aspects there are and kind of what transformed overnight. So today it's like as fresh as it can be. And I'm sure there's plenty of discussions about this, but I mean, who doesn't want to hear our discussion? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I have to say, I was on pins and needles the night of the election and the day and the night of the election because I expected random outbursts of violence such as we saw all over the country. And then I remember my husband saying, saying like, you see, I told you you had nothing to worry about. And I was so surprised. So I knew this was coming. I think, I think we all did, but I just, it caught me off guard. I think we thought it was coming in a such a different way. Like, you knew yeah, not at the Capitol. No, not this, not this way. Just, yeah. uh, there's just the lack of reverence for where they were and what they were doing. It's one thing to protest and there's always going to be something and it's and protesting has gotten so out of hand this year. Again, lots of reasons that we don't need to get into, but I, I think it mostly points back to our president. I mean, it's oh, absolutely pretty hard to ignore that. Well, he encouraged them as did Giuliani and yeah you know, they, they felt entitled to all of this because they believe everything he's saying. And I mean, he, they were saying, um, people close to him were saying that he truly believes yeah. that he won by a landslide and that it was stolen and that it was fraud. And they were like, okay, he's clearly not fit for office because there's absolutely no proof and everyone knows it's not true, but he's so convinced that he's got everyone right there with him. And everyone else convinced, right? As mm -hmm. well, yeah. It's not just the people that um, believe in him or are Republicans, because I think there needs to be a separation of Republicans versus re Trumplicans, as Chris yes. said, right? I mean, which is a great term for them, because some people truly believe him and that he's a great president, where some people at least are, okay, this is my Republican stand. I'm, I like their policy. I believe in what they were formed in but they don't necessarily like Trump and are not Trump fans. Right. I absolutely have friends who are like that, who are like, look, you know, this is absolutely not acceptable on any level. I'm a Republican, but I'm not supporting any of this anarchy, violence, homegrown terrorism, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. It's, um, it's crazy. I was actually listening to NPR today and they were talking to, uh, I believe it was a New York city, uh, I think he's a retired police detective or chief or something like someone very knowledgeable. And he was saying that there had to have been someone or some people very high up involved in this, in the police. He said, there is no way that they could be that bad. He said it would take effort to be as badly prepared as they were. He said, there's just, more to this. He's like, there's something higher up. There was something higher up involved. It would take so much effort. And then he was referencing, and I wish I had thought I was driving, so I couldn't write it down, but I, I wish I had a better memory yeah. and I could retain things. But there was a, 
uh, black woman years back who like went on, you know, went to the Capitol building, um, trying to get in. They weren't, she, there was, it wasn't clear what, you know, she didn't have a gun. It wasn't clear what was going on. She was shot dead. Boom. Just like that. And here these people were, you know, stealing things, going in office and they were like gently escorted out by the arm. And, you know, some of the police were taking selfies with them. Like this was not, and like, you know, given that this was all over the media for weeks before talking about meeting up there and everything like this, they should have had more police, but also everyone ready to step in. I mean, the national guard wasn't, you know, ready to step in and Trump didn't even want them to come. That's part of it. It's an, it's an interesting, and there's going to be more that's going to unravel from this. I'm sure because sure there's no way I looked at it too, and I couldn't believe it, but Again, like everything we see and hear, we don't know the whole story. We really don't. And we don't know the underlining ways that these places operate and what happens in the government. But Mm -hmm. a girlfriend of mine um, has a daughter that lives in D.C., used to work in the um, congressional. She was like a congressional aide to one of them. She doesn't do it anymore, but she still lives there. And Mm -hmm. she seemed to, we chatted about this today, and she was saying that the Capitol Police are kind of like university police. Mm-hmm. Their jurisdiction is literally just the Capitol. It right. doesn't do anything else. And yes, they were really underprepared, but there's also a limited that they can do. But it still doesn't make any sense to me that they were not able to. Now, the better preparation is all on Trump, as far as I'm concerned, because he was the one who was had to give the okay to call in the National Guard, and he didn't do that. Finally, the- But they should have been ready before any of this happened because this was already publicly in the works. Correct. Like, it was all over, like, all over the media. Yeah, that's- Interesting, my friend's daughter also used to work there, and I had lunch with her today. Ah. And her daughter is staying with her. And she said that... Um, you know, the, these police, yes, they only do the Capitol, but they are trained to protect that, you know, like they, like what they were doing was not what, how they were trained. But she also said, watching the video, she goes, listen, I know that building, the fact that they knew where to go and certain things, she said they, someone had to have helped them. There's no way they would have known a lot of where, where they were going, what they were doing, had they not already been informed. Right. So then that begs the question, is it someone that was there helping them? Was there an insider or did they have some insider information? I mean, there's so much chatter on the sub internets and things that we, that are below, way above our understanding comprehension, that it it is interesting to see how this is all going to unfold because I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling to me that those people just were walking in with no one stopping and no, Oh, there was, did you see some of the pictures online today? I saw a video of some of the offices that were literally every paper trashed, Yes, just trash. And then there was this guy and I forget his first name. His last name is Evans. And of course I can't retain anything. So everyone out there, all zero of our fans, (laughs) uh, forgive me for this, but he just was sworn in in some state as some congressional or house of representatives, something. Um, and he was one of them and he was in there and he was filming it and he posted it and he was saying like, don't damage anything. But yet he was like, here we are, we're in the building. And it's like, he's a, he's a government official. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what is, that's crazy. I, I, it's, it's, and ironically, the one time in your life where you can wear a mask and you don't look suspicious in public these guys all have no masks on and they're, they're taking pictures of themselves committing these crimes that if they are, you know, convicted yeah. or prosecuted, I should say, like, they, they can't say that wasn't me. Yeah. Everyone looks the same in a mask. It's like, oh, no, there you were. You could have at least hidden who you were. But like, and also, let's just go sidebar. You know that that's going to be a super spreader and that there are going to be innocent people who lose their lives as a result of getting the virus from some of these people because you did, I saw maybe three masks yeah. in that entire crowd. Right. Yeah. And talk about privilege. I mean, again, how could you not look at those crowds and see the common factor? What- there was not one person of color. No, very. Funny. One guy was wearing a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt, yeah. which is disgusting. Right. Right. So it's just that to me is so striking about it. And it's going to be, it's, it's just hard to kind of get it out of my mind and the impact it had, because this is not like 
9-11. People are talking about that on the news now, right? Are we going to be able to re reunite ourselves? It's like 9-11. Mm -hmm. We can all come. No, I don't believe it because 9-11 was an assault of terrorists in another country off of. Right. Attacking all of us. Correct. Because it wasn't us against us. That's correct. And this is us against us. And these people, as far as I'm concerned, that are Trumpsters, re-Trumplicans, Trump they're almost Trumpsters. They are just going to be able to crawl back under the rocks that they came from and literally come out again in four years or eight years. Well, what they're saying now, at least some of the stuff that I heard, was that, you know, once he gets out of office, he's going to continue to incite them. It's not going to be four years till they come out. They, they're saying this is only the beginning of what these people are going to continue to do. And um, the one thing that kept coming up over and over in every interview that I listened to, which were just dozens today and yesterday, is every person of color would come on and say, if any of us had even stepped foot, we would have been shot dead. Like they just kept saying, can you imagine if they hadn't been white, what would have happened to them? And if people in this country don't believe that there is racism embedded deeply, that is still very problematic, just go watch that video and see how they were treated and then go find, find out and look how few people were arrested and then look at the George Floyd protests and all that and look at how many people were arrested, how many people were like hit with the billy clubs and knocked to the ground or when Trump walked across the street with his upside down Bible Here. and they were like, you know, yeah, and they were peaceful protesters. So the disparity is, I can't, there aren't even words. No, there's not. And these are policemen who are trained to handle like violent situations. Why they thought this was different than Black Lives Matter marches or if it was another race. I just, it, again, that's one of these things that I think in the weeks to come or maybe even days, who knows, it's going to just come out that there's that I don't know. I don't even know what's going to come out. But why was this okay? And anything else would have been, you're right, a mass exodus of people. Oh, there would have been so many deaths had that been people of color. But again, it comes from Trump. Did Trump tell the police, the Capitol Police? And Right, there's something there, something. And it's going to have to come out, and it will, because obviously the National Guard wasn't sent in. Maryland and Virginia's governor sent their National Guards in because he wasn't acting fast enough. I mean, it's it was appalling to so many people to see this happening on such a like sacred part of our country that, I mean... Shocking. And seeing it happen so easily, the way they charged just our breaking windows going in, like it wasn't like okay. hard. I mean, no, it wasn't. They were walking in. I saw some videos of them walking in. Yeah. They're walking like tourists. Like, yeah. hey, off we go to the Senate floor. You know, it was, <laughs> it's like, wait a one, one reporter who was there was saying that, you know, she said it was like this mass contagion. And she said, people were so crazed that you saw them like scaling the walls. She goes, they were scaling walls when there was a staircase right to their left. They could have just walked up the staircase, but they're scaling the walls. Oh, she said it was that crazy. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. And it's, and, and really it all bottomed, it all really boils down to our president. And it's shocking. Well, our president, yes. And then all the people these that started out in the very beginning when Trump was running and they all hated him. And then everyone like Lindsey Graham hated him. And then they all got, you know, jumped on board. And the ones that continue to stay in that boat and continue to say, oh, we, the election was stolen just to like further their political careers. The blood's on their hands, too, because. He, he can't he couldn't have gotten this far and gotten away with as much as he had if he hadn't been enabled at every turn, you know. Well, it's not just his aides and the people that are on his, you know, all the different cabinet positions. Those are all one things, but it's all the other Republican. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, like Hawley and stuff like that, like all of these people, like Mitch McConnell, like they all, they, a few of them may last night have turned around and said, we lost and this enough is enough. But like, you sh that should have happened yeah. immediately. It's hard for me to feel sorry for these people resigning like today at the last minute because they've known all along. Right. Oh. And they were going to lose their job in two weeks anyway. So it's like, really? Like, like yeah. yeah, they're resigning because they're afraid for their lives probably after seeing what happened yesterday. It's probably less about Trump and more about just like, I'll pretend to take a stand because I'm scared. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I just don't understand it. I've been hearing about it and I'm like, well, it's kind of too late for me. Yeah. Yeah. On this a long, long time ago. Absolutely.
but the Congress people that are still the, what, the six, the sedition six, they're calling them. Oh, really? Is yeah. that Holly and, um, yeah, Holly, uh, Cruz, Cruz and Holly. And there is a woman, Hyde Smith from, mm-hmm. um, Mississippi. And, um, um, I think it's Roger Marshall from Kansas. And then there's, uh, Tommy Tumerville, Tuberville. Um, so that's another one. I mean, so these six still last night after all of it happened and they went back into their, you know, chambers, those were the six. So that's what they're calling them. Seditious six. Yeah. Which is good for them. Those senators should, you know, some people want them out. Yeah. I heard that. And I, I mean, I think they should be, I think Trump should be out of there. I, you know, Kennedy, John Kennedy, another one. I forgot him. Yep. No. Yeah. I read that too. It'll be interesting because the news today, of course, it's hard not to, you know, want to watch TV and hear or listen to anything on the news. You know, Biden came on and did his job as the president, you know, completely condemning it, flaming him as far as I'm concerned. But then they're calling for Pelosi and Schumer to remove him under the 25th amendment. Yeah. It's going to get really, really hard. Now, again, you know what I think? I don't think the cabinet will vote to do that. And you know why? Because I think that his base is so scary that they would be afraid that they would die, that someone would come after them because they, you know, they had done this to this innocent victim, Donald Trump. So I think that I think that would be driven by fear that they wouldn't do it. Yeah, it could be. But, you know, they're they're not in session now. So that's going to stop. And I think they leave for session. They break. Right. But if people know who the cabinet members are and they get and then they vote him, they get him out, then they're they're walking around with the target. It's just been such a it's just so disheartening to see, because not just what happened yesterday and the way he came out. And then when he did his little video recording. Oh, I love you and your special people. Uh, yeah, I mean, excuse me, you're, you're carrying around a Confederate flag and like desecrating this, the state capitol. Yeah. Um, but you're special. I love you. I know. And it's he just this whole response from him on after he lost the election, but his total lack of response of the coronavirus the whole year. Oh, yeah. And well, initially lying about it, too, knowing no. and and then continuing to tell people they don't need masks and contradicting doctors and you know i mean he's doing homicide because there are so many people dead because they listened to him and then and then it got spread more because they wouldn't wear masks and they didn't take it seriously it's going to be gone two weeks it's going to be fine yeah it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling to me and there are still and, and we talked about this yesterday there are still people who will defend it and still people who will say um yeah my 401k is good um, so I, you know, I have nothing to complain about yeah, till you're just, dead. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just mind boggling that people still, and how do you, again, this is what we talked about. How do you navigate that relationship? Like, I don't even want to know if people that I know, right. <laughs> I mean, I know a few people and there's just no discussion of it. Thankfully they're not real close friends of mine. Cause if they were real close friends, it would be super hard. Yeah. I, I've got a couple of close friends and I just can't, one of them fortunately does not bring it up. So she must Ooh. realize as I realized from just, you know, seeing different, you know, likes or whatever comments on Facebook that like we're, we're coming at this differently. And the other one, whenever she would bring it up in the past, I would just say, we, we, we can't do this. Shut it down. I don't yeah. know how she feels now. I did see something that she posted on Facebook after the election. That was a rant about it being stolen whatever. And then people were calling her out going, where's your proof? And then she would throw at something. They're like, yeah, they debunked that. That wasn't true. And then she just went silent. So I don't know where she stands right now. And I don't want to in case, but it's interesting. Yeah. I did get together with that friend of mine today, whose daughter used to work at the Capitol and I was saying the same thing, like, I don't understand. And it's very hard to understand anyone. Forget politics. At this point, for me, it's about morals, values, integrity, kindness. And she, she said, uh, her husband, that's so I'm assuming by the way she said it, that he voted for him. She goes, yeah, he doesn't look at that. It's for him. It's all about, he just looks at the economy. He just looks at the economy. I'm like, but how do you ignore? She goes, he doesn't pay attention to that. I'm like, it's, it, you can't, it, it's, you don't have to pay attention. It's so bad. It's, it's invades your life, whether you want to or not. So how someone can say, oh, I don't pay attention to that. It's everywhere. Well, that's almost, that's not quite as bad as the, I'm, my grandmother voted Republican and my great grandmother voted Republican and my mom voted Republican. So I have to vote Republican. Like 
I don't have a choice. I yeah, you don't. do. No one, you can say whatever you want and go check the box you want. Tell your grandmother you did and don't. But I think that's how many people vote, Susan. I think people really truly say, well, I have to vote Republican because they did back in the day and my family did. And that's what we always do. It's legacy. And they, that's just, they don't think for themselves. And so they can't defend it but they have to defend that they voted like this. And so they have to come up well, with I some- could, I could see that to a point, not that I condone it, but I could see that. But when you get to the point we are in, in our country now, I don't know how you could just go, well, I still have to do it because when you see what has happened, because it's not just a, an election anymore. It's not, it's, it's become so much more than just politics. It's become- a moral choice of like, are you going to stand on the right side of history? And, you know, look, I don't know that I'm going to agree with everything Biden and Harris come up with, but I do know that I was willing to vote for anybody to get him out of there because of the danger he posed for our society. If you see how far it's gone in four years and you imagine four more years of that, there would have been a civil war as far as I'm concerned. So for me, it became more about the safety and integrity of our country and bringing us back together because he had polarized us so much. Yeah. And back to your point about, sorry, but just one more thing before I forget um, about it being hard with people because we don't get it. That's a conundrum for me. Cause I think on the one hand, if we want to bring everyone back together, we can't judge those who feel differently than we do right. because that's a big part of this. It's a big judgy part, but it's, it's a very hard position to be in because it's so confounding that you you just are like how but then in the same breath if we want to bring us everyone back together we have to start figuring a way around that yeah I don't know how we're going to do that because this has brought out so much hate and ugliness oh terrible in the beginning I thought you know maybe this will be a good thing this will bring out everyone's hate and it'll just come front and center and we'll be going to be able to handle it but really it's just brought down so many layers of hate and so much that's so wrong with a lot but they of feel it's okay now like it, people yeah. used to hide that hatred and now it's like oh you know donald trump made it okay to be like oh you you hate black people or whatever cool like yes exactly and and you know this is the way we look at this group of people or this is the way we do business and that they can they, they like that he talks the way he does because probably so many of them talk that way too right they're just they say whatever they want they don't filter it they have no compassion or and they lie about it he lies so much that it's just it's difficult it's difficult to not really wonder how people just don't see it yeah it's astounding one of the people that were calling in on npr today it's this guy and he's like i'm gay i think he said he's 37 he's like i have this wonderful partner i've been with seven years and he said, and right now I'm outside in my car calling you because I can't get through to him. He believes everything he's been told and he thinks that everything that went on was okay. And he's like, I want people to realize that this president has, is ruining families. Like we, I don't know that we will be able to keep this relationship. He's, he's destroying families. He's not just destroying our country. He's destroying like the very fabric of like the foundation. Yeah. And that is the truth because um, I can relate to that firsthand because um, my mom, my mom voted for Trump and is a Republican more so than Democrat and doesn't talk. We can't talk about it. I don't believe that she likes him. I think at one point she did say she doesn't like how he's represented us throughout the world, which of course that's a whole nother topic, but I just think you, you just can't talk about it. And that's a real shame because you can't talk about anything. Then you can't solve problems. You can't talk right. to feelings when you can't talk about somebody that you believe is a total liar and and cheat and idiot and and then you think someone follows that and is okay with that and it, it's you you can't reconcile that you know but you did she vote for him again I don't know because you don't want to ask yeah we ask and that's that's terrible because the fact the fact that she wouldn't listen now again did she vote for him for Republican value reasons? Sure. I'm sure she did. Very Catholic. She, you know, likes the Supreme Court the way it was appointed, oh, you know, obviously. But again, with girls, I mean, you, it's, it's hard for me and my sisters to believe. And, and we did not. None of my mm -hmm. sisters were all, you know, on the way left side compared to her. But 
it's shocking that, you know, she did that and she has daughters. I know. I know. This is a man who's been accused of sexual assault how many times? And you're a mother of five girls. Like as a person who has people close to me who have been sexually assaulted, that that in and of itself, if someone's been accused that many times and we heard him say grabbing the pussy. So, you know, there's that that there's certainly at the very least a grain of truth there. And, right. and that something has been done to some of these women. How do you say, yeah, sure, go ahead and le- be the head of the country. You're a great role model. So Spew of, hatred. Let's teach our children that. So out of respect, you know, not have to ruin the relationship with my mother. We just don't talk about it. And that's not a healthy thing to do either, because this is kind of shit that needs to be talked about. Like, you need to talk about how could this be? And, and especially when it goes back when you start to really, when all this stuff bubbles up, like the racism and how it all started and where it's at and why it's got to this point. And just now we're seeing it right out in front of us. It's, you know, these are things that would be interesting. You can't deny it. No. Why do you feel that way? I can understand someone might have feelings for all all kinds of other reasons, but why you can't even talk about why they feel that way. It's really, it's really bad. And that's just, so the family side of it, I can imagine how it's breaking up families. I can't imagine being married to someone who really, you know, I was terrified because Scott has always been a, a, you know, true bred Republican through and through. And I was terrified that he was going to vote for him and that that was going to be very uncomfortable. Fortunately he didn't. Yeah. Um, but when I brought it up, you know, he, it was, he's very much like voting is private. You don't ask, you don't tell. And I'm like, okay, this, I'm like, I don't agree. I'm like, the kids have asked me who I'm voting for and begged me not to vote for, you know, last time, don't vote for Trump, vote for Hillary, yada, yada. And, you know, I just was like, I can't, if he had said, I, you know, I like his policies or, you know, the economy will win, I'm going to vote for him. Despite all of this, I would have, I don't know what I would have done. It's just... There's families, there's couples, I'm sure that look both that are in the exact same position. How are they getting through this? Like yeah, it, Scott's parents were a Democrat and a Republican. She said they would fight all the time about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and now it's, it's worse before it used to be, you know, you're giving away, you know, whatever yeah. Democrats bleeding hearts, you're bleeding mm-hmm. hearts, you're giving away too much. You're not working, working out. Right. Stuff. Too much government involvement, uh, blah, blah, blah. But now it's not about that. Now it gets down to really individual things. And, and, you know, the fact that they want to think, oh, the election was stolen. I, I, I mean, there was what, 60 lawsuits and there was not one grain, like they couldn't produce any proof in no, any of them. Supreme courts of these states. So this was not, not all of them, but in Pennsylvania, it went to the Supreme court of Pennsylvania and they could not see anything wrong with it. I mean, this yeah. Are there imperfections? Are there things that need to be looked at, investigated? Of course, there probably are, just like anything that's dying. Let's get rid of the electoral college and have our votes count just... Right, right. I agree that that could be a problem, too, because of just the way that the it's... I mean, again, never paid more attention to any election than I did this one, honestly. Well, and- I think he set himself up because I think when he started out saying about election fraud prior to the election... Everyone knowing what a psycho he is went the extra mile to make sure that like there's not on my watch. So then then it was like he couldn't prove there was fraud because he'd gone so far out of his way to set it up that way that everyone went the extra mile to make sure there wasn't. I think that that had he kept his mouth shut and then claimed it afterwards, not that it would have been true, but he would have had, you know, it it would have been more likely that he could have found something. Don't forget that he also was encouraging early, early on mail-in voting. Yeah. And, and then suddenly. And suddenly that's the source of all of the fraud. Mm-hmm. That millions of people voted that were dead and millions of people did mail-in vote. I mean, he encouraged it. And so people did it. because but he did it because he thought he was going to get those votes. And then when he didn't, then suddenly, you know. Yeah. He has yeah. no problem saying one thing and then switching his tune and acting like he never said it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. We all know that. Um, but again, I was surprised, back to my point about this election and paying attention, I was surprised at when you look at the state, right, how they show the state and they show the counties coming in. And mm-hmm. it. I was shocked at just the how many Republican red. red yes, states. I was, too. I was like, there's so many. I know, except like in the urban areas, which so... 
there is some, and again, I don't know enough about it, but I think that's the argument for electoral colleges, right? States that have more urban areas are definitely going to drive. Okay, but here's the thing. They started the electoral college. Now, I could be wrong, but this is my understanding because there were these people way out there. And this is back in the day where they take the train and do their campaigning. And they're like, no one's going to go campaign there. So let's, let's look future forward with social media. Like you can get your message out to everybody and, Mm -hmm. and that they're not out on their farm oblivious. Like all they have to do is go in and turn on the news or turn on the computer and hear and learn everything about every candidate. So I don't think there's as much of an argument for it anymore because it's not the same world. We have television, we have internet. We're not, he's not stopping by the back of a train and giving a speech. Oh, that's a good point. I think it has something to do with just those people voting, right? Getting those people to vote. But again, I don't think the electoral, I don't know. I just, the electoral college, like when you look at that someone's getting in office and the majority of the country did not vote for them, then there's the problem. Yeah. We saw that in 2016 with Hillary. So I mean, it, it it couldn't go both ways for him. So um, but you know, it's, he's just, a, he's a big toddler. I mean, he's oh, super, completely right. And, you know, already talking about, he, he will not admit quite defeat. He's just, you know, still saying he believes the election is incorrect and that, you know, what a great president he was in history. He's going down as saying in his, in history, he's oh, the he'd be like the best first term president yeah. in the, in the history of, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like when he said he had the biggest turnout in the inauguration, they show pictures and it's like, no, no, you didn't. Can you, do you have eyes? Look at this picture. There's not very many people there. But but then there are also, there's people who believe it and who want to believe it either, or they just believe it. And then people that are elected by the people in their own States go up and defend them. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know if it shows a broken government system for us or if it really shows more about people and kindness and moral values that I don't even know that I, I think want. it's probably a little bit of everything at this point. I'm just glad that I'm currently in yeah. a democratic state. So yeah. it's not like, I mean, I'm not that I'm talking politics with anyone here, but like, I know it's pretty much going to be more likely than not. Um, I did tell you my story and I think this is actually doubly funny now. So I'm going to tell it to our listeners. I was having dinner with a friend out in California and I'm very careful when I don't know how somebody feels because again, it's a different climate than it used to be um, not to bring up politics, but somehow it came up in some roundabout way and it was right before the election. And so I just said, I said, oh, yeah, and I didn't say who I was going for. I just said, I'm just really concerned about the potential for violence. And she looked at me. She's very serious. She said, I know Joe Biden is so scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, really? So I wonder how she feels now after last night. Is Biden really scary or is Trump and Giuliani and all those minions really scary? I don't understand. He's like a grandpa. Like, I mean, he's the least scary person ever. I mean, just because he's a Democrat, again, this is I just- think policy, but I think they're like, oh, they're going to take all our money and they're going to be giving third term abortions and partial birth appointment, like all this stuff. And it's like, yep. no, I don't think that's what they're going to do. I, you know, police, I mean, that's a classic. That's where the Democrats, I mean, again, the Democrats blew it on that one. They're going to defund the police and people think that's, re- I mean, the misunderstanding and the misinterpretation of what that really is has caused this. We're going to, they're going to pay off everyone's student loans. And I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. Like the, the, the stretch is not even democracy, like democratic policy anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're socialists. We're a bunch. Right. Of well, that's what, there was one of the signs at the, um, whatever you want to call that yesterday, that chaos mm-hmm. had socialism and then a circle with the line for it. Yeah. Yeah. And- I mean, let's just say that we, where they've been thinking and where the message has come through that that's what now the Democrats want is just unbelievable to Okay, me. but let me make one point, though, that I, I think you'll agree with. Clearly, when you look at how many people do support Trump, then you have to say the Democrats are definitely doing something wrong 
when that many people are against them. Yeah. So while, while I am definitely, I, you know, I'm an independent, I'm, you know, I'm going to vote whoever I think is the best choice. And I don't, you know, that's just how I look at it. But I feel like for that many people to be against the democratic party, the democratic party needs to also come together and yeah, figure out, first of all, how did Trump beat them, this crazy person to begin with? And they didn't figure that out. And, yeah. you know, they need to come together to see after all these four years, the fact that still so many people are, are anti, yeah. then, then, then they need to pull together and get their shit together, too. Right. Yeah. So and hopefully this is a wake up call for, you know, our entire country. Maybe not the people who were there yesterday who were very, they were very proud. The, the, um, they were. The they interviewers were. were saying that they were like very proud of what they've done. They thought they, you know, like they'd really accomplished something good. And it, like, it's like, really? Because four people are dead. You desecrated this building and like Biden's still president. Yeah. <laughs> so well, what'd you accomplish? It didn't accomplish anything, right? But that's the thing they think that they can. So it's the thinking of that and just the way. Trump messaged it throughout his rallies and all after the election and leading up to the election. They're definitely going to have to revamp. I think both. I mean, I think this also could be really the destruction of the Republican Party. It's almost like there now are two sides to that. Take the Democrats. Yes, the Democrats have to remessage. They have to look at the way they, they have do. Have to look at how how why so many people are against them. Like what how what are we doing that is scaring all these people off? That's right. And maybe they need to rethink some of their policies or tweak some things. Sure, of course. But the Republicans now have the guys who these six people. Right. Or potentially there were what, 15 or 20 or 50, 140 members, I think it was originally of Congress and, you know, Congress and Senate that were going to protest this. Those people have to be the regular Republicans, you know, Republicans mm -hmm. who are solid in their thinking had to look, be looking at these people now going, wait a second what so this has to also be potentially the breakdown of the republican party as it is and maybe a new one will start or they need to start from scratch and clean house it's just oh yeah i mean it's just it's it's going to be this has turned the light on i think so much wrong which i think is good because that's where change comes but it's some of it is so deep. Some of the issues are so deep. It's just it's almost frightening to think about. Is this ever going to really change? Because this is here. This is here. It's not leaving. It's not like we can say, oh, no, terror. no, that's what they're saying. Like, this is the beginning of this homegrown terrorism with this particular faction, because Trump is going to get out of office and continue to like yeah. do, stoke those flames. Right. Right. It is. Um, so again, we could talk about this forever, but the one thing I think is a very unfortunate situation of all of this on top of all the other obvious things is the Georgia, um, Senate runoff race. Very they, happy about that. Yeah, but there's been no press on it. you see very little about it. There's been no attention to it. They probably don't want to draw attention to it or it's going to start all over again with them fighting it and saying it could, no. but this other crap that we saw yesterday overtook the media completely. There's been no celebration of it. And not just the fact that the Democrats won for the first time and the fact that a black man won. In mm -hmm. never was he a black minister? Yes, he yeah. was. That is something really to be- Very significant. Yes, that should be lauded. Those people really did something. I mean, the voters, mm -hmm. not the people in government and doing the voters. And then I guess, the other guy is a Jewish gentleman. Asaf is Jewish. I did not know that. I didn't know that. Good. What are you talking about? And he's like 33 or he's young. And that's another good fact that they came out and beat these Republicans and which that state has always been that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, again, it goes back to watching election night and seeing the map and mm -hmm. looking at all the counties and what color everything was. This was really significant in the history for Georgia and just the people who were behind getting it all up and make and getting that lifted off the ground is huge. And it's just it's it's brushed under the rug now. Yeah, I don't think intentionally. It's just been, no, it, it just it was too close. They were back to back. And obviously the news but, of it, the news of it <clears throat> had to get pushed under because the other news, you know, just topped it because, of course, but it's just. I kind of feel badly for those guys because those were really big things that they accomplished and a, a really big victory for them. And not just from the democratic standpoint, how great that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, no, no, no. Just 
you know, it just for them personally and just for the whole state and the voters that they did, they all came out yeah. just like the whole country did to come out and vote. They all came out, they voted and they made themselves heard. And that's huge to me. And that's really disappointing because, you know, we had to get it overtaken by big toddler's attention. You know, there wasn't enough attention on him, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> he had to do something else. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's all just really bad. So that is another um, interesting to that- see a year from now, because if you had said to me last year that mm-hmm. I would no longer be living in Denver, I would have sold my house, living in an apartment. There would be a worldwide pandemic. There would be a storm on the state house. I mean, I could go on and on with all of the craziness that's happened. So a, a lot, and that's, you know, a lot can happen in a year. So it would be very interesting to see a year from now where we are, if we, if Biden has really helped with the pandemic, getting it under control, if we've started to heal the nation and come together, or if this homegrown terrorism has become terrifying at every turn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to have to go down a little bit. It might get tapped down. That could just be me being optimistic. I hope you're um, right. Yeah, I just think it's going to have to get tapped down a little bit, but um, because I think the first, you know, order is going to have to be getting this country back working and which means the pandemic and the vaccinations and the testing and that it just has to get under control. I mean, that has just been so mishandled in so many ways that it just it has to get under control before everyone can start. People are not healing because they're so there's nothing for many of them to do. Right. right. I mean, it's like, would they have been this worked up and this crazy if they hadn't had so much time on their hands to think about it, talk about it, obsess about it. Um, They lost jobs and these people don't, they don't have a lot of opportunity and they lose their jobs and they're in situations where like the whole country right now is desperate. The food lines are outrageous. You know, that kind of breeding just causes people to do crazy things. And so, yes, you know, it's a good thing that um, we have a new president to take a new look at it. Mm-hmm. He has seen what's happened and seen that no one's done anything about it. But, you know, I don't know. It, and it, you're right. Going back again, I'm glad I live in Chicagoland because Illinois is a very blue state. So I don't feel like that's going to be an issue to add on top of it. But well, I got to you know. tell you, I'm leaving in a couple of weeks to go out to <laughs> California and the area out there that we live in is um, <clears throat> definitely not blue. So no. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and yeah, head down. And California is blowing up right now with, I know, I I know it's a, it's, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're, the thing is, I don't think I'm in any more danger because we have a house there and I'm not, we're not going to go anywhere. Um, so as, as long as we don't get sick on our two plane rides and whatever, then I feel okay. But if we get sick, you know, the hospitals are completely maxed out. So it's, you know, but also then the flip side is being in this building with people in and out of the elevator and touching everything. I don't feel like it's necessarily as safe as being in your own home where there's right. only people coming and going or those you let in. Um, and also just being confined in such a small space, you know, for four or more months. I'm like, eh, I think I might lose my mind. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. Right. But, it, it's, but, I'm, but I'm terrified to get on two planes. So we'll be in three airports and two planes. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I said to Scott, we're going to get there. And three days later, we've got to get tested because you don't want to get tested right away. You need time if you caught it for mm-hmm. it to actually manifest, even if you don't feel it yet. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Hey. So it's just, yeah. So that's, that, that's a whole other aspect to it. So, well, again, we could go oh on. Oh my God. I could, yeah. Well, like yesterday where it's like, all right, I'll call you back. Okay. I'll text you. I mean, my, my yeah. phone was blowing up with in people, just people sending me pictures and tweets, whatever. And, you know, it's like, did you see this? And then I'm sharing it with other people. It was crazy. Can you imagine being the news reporter having the news reporters are just on Capitol Hill or the white press, the press corps. I mean, I can't imagine these people, what they were going through. I, I mean, I can't imagine being so there. I mean, that must've been really scary for them to be sure. reporting on the ground there. And it's history. I mean, they are a part of history and it's historical. What happened yesterday for sure. Oh, for sure. But, That'll be one of the things like, I remember what I was doing at nine 11, you know, this is going to be one of the things like, the, you know, just like the Oklahoma bombing. Like there are things that like you, you know, you never forget when Princess Diana died. Like they are just, and this is one of them, January sixth. Yeah, and to think that it was the something that goes by so undetected oh, normally. 
just such did a, you like, ever pay attention ever never. before to the electoral college situation never, never. on january 6th it was just like no, oh never. yeah whatever we already knew he was going to be president you know but i never paid attention to an election like i did this year oh Even, god no of course i did you know okay i voted i hope he wins or i hope she wins or whatever yeah. it is right whatever but i never thought to look at it so close and like follow it and look at like the numbers oh, and what the, the charts the graphs like yeah. bouncing between <laughs> cnn and msnbc and then yeah. the new york times and the washington post and you know right. I, yeah i mean it was like i was a maniac yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even like, you know, when it when it came in, like even the other night with Georgia, I was like, okay, I'm not going to feel better until like it really, you know, because I was like, I learned from the when Trump ran against Hillary and that I went to bed, Taylor, I called Taylor at 10. Taylor's my son, for those of you who don't know, and said, oh my God, he's and he's like, mom, go to sleep. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He's not going to win. I'm like, okay. And I, I, I made myself not pick up my phone till the morning, picked up my phone at seven in the morning and just burst into tears. And like, you know, from that point on, it's like, if that could happen, anything can happen. So I'm actually, and I'll leave, uh, uh, we can touch on this and then we should probably wrap it up because my computer is showing that my battery's dying. Um, I'm very concerned about the inauguration. Yeah, I That's hope I don't like the idea. I don't care how much security they have. If he is outside, he's still a sitting target for someone who really knows what, what they do to do, you know. And that's a concern. It'll be very interesting. That's going to be another thing to talk about, maybe or not. But um, you're right. I think that there are already rumblings on chatter in the underground of where they pick stuff up that they're trying to get back to do that. Um, do they did the Democrats just say, okay, we're going to believe it and go inside? I mean, that's something to consider, even though this has been done outside for history. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do and what's going to prevail as the decision, because it's either going to be like you're letting them win, kind of like last night when they were right. four in the morning. I, I don't know what the right thing is to do here, but maybe the, because it is going to be a new president, maybe the Secret Service, it'll be amped up, the National Guards, maybe they'll call in other states. I have no idea. I, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what this decision is after this and, and how the transition of power goes. Do you think Trump will go? To the inauguration? Mm-hmm. No, I don't I think, believe I think it'll be the first time in history that the outgoing yeah. president is not there. I don't think he'll go. I don't think any of his family will go oh, in way. I, they're all just They're all just stomping their feet right now, and they're all just, you know, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so I don't think... <laughs> I just don't think they're going to go. I just, I just think they have the decorum nor the class and he certainly has not exhibited any of that through his presidency so yeah. i just don't think to do it yeah it, it, it you know biden said it yesterday perfectly and and obama has said this too in his recent comings out and having to you know talk about this trump doesn't want the job he doesn't do he didn't the job. he wasn't expecting to win he never wanted the job he doesn't want the job because he can't do the job right so he can't want it i mean so you know he didn't want it so now he lost and he can't handle that he lost so yeah he's a child all right well thank you everyone for tuning in and if you have anything you want us to talk about or you have anything nice to say (laughs) if you don't um, then just plug your ears now um but if you do uh you can reach us at you had me at martini at gmail.com yeah so have a great day